Maddie and Ella are late again. Looks like I'll just have to occupy myself. That's beautiful. Ah, Have you thought about my offer? Kinda. I don't know. I could give you your very own show. Out of the tech booth and into the spotlight. All for a few little MP3s on USB. Stop tempting me! Ah, oh! Ah, Jesus! Ah, no! 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 Get out of here! And stay out! On the 1st of October, 1971, five children aged between 8 and 12 participated in a tour of a factory in Upper Munich. Five children went in, four came out maimed, and one never left. Over the past decade, we spent every working day investigating what happened within the walls of that manufacturing plant. One thing is clear, these children have never seen justice. One story, told week by week. Come with us as we go beyond the news cycle to work out how a day of horror was spun into a rags-to-riches tale. Who is responsible? And how did they get away with it? We're Maddie, Ella and Millie. This is The Candyman. my ride in. She's not answering my calls. Is everything all set up here? Good to go? Yeah, yeah, levels are all good. Hold on. Hold on a minute. Did you touch the instruments? Ella's here! Hey, Ella! Why weren't you answering my calls? I had to call my nemesis, James Corden, for a lift. He made me sing, Ella. He made me sing. Ella? Can we just do the show? Are you okay? Yeah. It, it looks like you've been crying, your cheeks are wet. I don't want to get into it right now at work, in front of everyone. I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, we may run a podcast, but we can listen as well. Maddie. Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Can we just start, please? Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, whatever you need. <sighs> okay, we are recording. Are you okay? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, Millie, just make sure that you delete all of- The Candyman. Welcome to episode three of The Candyman. Today, we are going to be discussing the two other children who were maimed during that fateful 1971 tour, Augustus Gloop and Violet Beauregard. While it is tempting to shame these children for their vices and think that they deserved the punishment that befell them in the factory, it's important to remember, they were children. I know that, much like Augustus, I've enjoyed chocolate and food, probably eaten it too quickly at times. Is that wrong? No. Do I deserve a drowning? No. Similarly, is chewing gum so impolite that a girl deserves to be blown up like a blueberry and then squeezed through a vice, her skin bruised and blue for the rest of her life? Maybe. Absolutely not. And so, today, we are going to give these victims a chance to tell their side of the story. Let's begin with Augustus. 
Augustus Gloop was a nine-year-old boy from Dusselheim, Germany. Known for his big appetite and simple mind, the promise of a lifetime supply of chocolate was more than enough to get him through those factory gates. Augustus visited the factory with his mother, Frau Gloop. The bond was quickly tested when Augustus saw the chocolate river inside the factory. Naturally, he rushed to the chocolate river, overcome with joy, and began to scoop the chocolate into his mouth. What happens next is truly upsetting. Millie, can you talk to us about the audio we're about to hear? So this is a soundbite of Augustus falling into the river and the ensuing chaos. Now, this might be upsetting to some listeners, so I do have to warn you. Skip forward a few minutes if you do not like the sound of a mother's cry as her son is thought drowned. Augustus! That is absolutely horrific. Yes, and here it is again. Augustus! Once more for anyone who missed it. I'm sorry if that upset anyone listening at home. The pain that Frau Gloop must have felt when she watched her son drown is something I would not wish upon my worst enemy, James Corden. It is a cruel irony that the boy who most wanted the lifetime supply of chocolate was the first to fall victim. Maddie, you have a gift with words. Yeah. There is something more sinister that we feel has been ignored in the media. A question that only Augustus can answer. For you see, we have reason to believe that Augustus did not fall into that lake. He was pushed. We do not make this claim without reason, do we, Maddie? Absolutely not. There are some key pieces of evidence I would like to present. The first being Wonka's absolute indifference when Augustus was in the lake. Listen to this. Don't just stand there, do something! Help. Police. Murder. Help. Police. Murder. There is a child drowning in front of him and he says this? Murder? No one was accusing him of murder, and yet it rolls off his tongue like butter. Furthermore, Maddie, the volume he says, help, and police, is not at a volume that police would be able to hear if they were not in the room. No police won a golden ticket last time I checked. They were outside. We are now going to cut to an interview with Augustus, where we hoped to discern once and for all, did he fall into the chocolate river, or was something more sinister at play? His answer was more disturbed than we could have imagined. The candy man. So, Augustus, when you bent over the river to taste the chocolate, did you feel unstable on your feet? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's okay, t- take your time. What about Wonka's hands? What about his hands? Did you feel them on your back before you fell? I, I don't remember the moments before. I was just thirsty, a thirsty little boy. Do you have any recollection of the moment before you fell? There was a splash. So sticky. Yes, yes, we know. What about before? A splash and then darkness. Augustus, can we rewind for a second? When I sunk into the depths of the chocolate, I saw something in there. Saw something? What do you mean? At first I thought it was a trick of the chocolate. Excuse me? Maddie, Ella, have you ever been alone in your house and yet known that you were not alone? In Germany, we call it Gelsenhaut. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, I've yeah. felt that. I have felt yeah. that. In the chocolate, 
I knew I was watched. It was confirmed to me when I heard her song. I floated in the chocolate, listening for a moment. A warmth came over me, a feeling of safety. Then, a sharp pain in my left ankle. Red mixed with brown. I had been bitten. I tried to scream, but my head was under chocolate. They called me weak. Okay, um... The liquid filled my gullet and ran the sound. Chocolate is like space, Maddie and Ella. Because in it, they cannot hear your scream. It sounds like your brain was losing oxygen and you were hallucinating. It was not my mind. It was a creature. It dragged me deeper into the lake. Down, down, down. I cannot say how deep, but the pressure popped my ears. There was a moment where I thought, this must be a demon. And she is taking me to Hades. Massin, gluttony. Augustus, you did not deserve anything that happened. My little boy legs and arms were burning. They could not swim anymore. My vision almost gone. I decided there was no use fighting this beast. I closed my eyes and I let her take me. I was resigned to die. like you were in shock. Was that because you were pushed? Everyone focuses on the push, on the fall. You all ignore what I saw. Maddie, Ella, this is my chocolate siren. My white whale. No. The Candyman. It seems that the trauma Augustus felt had caused him to hallucinate, and we might never know if he was pushed or if he fell. But I know that if I was there, as his mother, it would never have happened in the first place. All right. Motherhood is life's most beautiful gift and crushing sacrifice. One that Frau Gloop wasn't ready for. Okay, sure. To be a parent Um, is to attempt to prevent the inevitable, but life has a way of shaping us through tragedy. Ella, can we just talk in the break room? Um, Millie, stop recording. Mm Mm-hmm. take a little breather for a while. Uh, Millie, it's just you and me for a bit. I take this responsibility very seriously. Oh, it'll be the tinker. Don't answer it. No, don't worry about it because I blocked his number last week. Are you absolutely sure? I'm 100%. Okay, we'll send it on through then. Hello, it's the tinker. Oh, fuck. Oop. Now listen to my poem. No, Millie, hang up on him. I can't absolutely find the button. Sorry, Maddie. He must be using a burner phone to get through. Oh, look, it's fine. Let's just get through the next segment. Here, can you read Ella's lines? <gasps> yes. Now, we are going to focus on the fourth maimed child, the final piece of the puzzle, Violet Beauregard. Let's jump into her backstory. Violet is a vivacious 10-year-old from Atlanta. She's confident, outspoken, and competitive. She visited the factory with her father. 
Sam Beauregard. The two remained unscathed until, of course, she came across her own vice, chewing gum. In her first TV interview, she reveals that she has been chewing the same piece of gum for three months. Let's listen now. I chew it all day except at mealtimes when I stick it behind my ear. Violet. Call it, mother. Now this piece of gum here is one that I've been chewing on for three months solid. And that's a world record. It's beaten the record held by my best friend, Miss Cornelia Prince Meadow. And was she mad. I'm sorry about that. Um, could you just cut me gagging yeah, out? Yeah, no worries. No worries yeah, at thank all. Thank you. It's, uh, sorry, it's just, yeah, the noise of someone chewing, it just really sets me off. I just can't handle it. Do you want some air? Because I could host for the both of you if you no, want. you're not a host. In the factory, Wonka reveals a new invention of his, a chewing gum that cycles through the flavours of a dinner. Of course, Violet, a gum aficionado, puts it straight into her gob, despite Wonka's warnings. Sam Beauregard watched the deformity occur in real time. Violet, you're turning violet, Violet! We have scheduled a phone interview with Violet where we hope to discover what happened to her after she was blown up. Millie, could you call her now? Yes, ma'am. Um, could you mute Violet whenever she chews her gum? It's a live call. I don't think I, I can do that. I can't, I can't do live cuts oh like that. God. She's chewing gum the whole time. This is Violet. Oh my god. Oh no. Violet, this is Maddie and Millie from <coughs> The Candyman. Oh yeah. <coughs> what you want to know about my trauma? <coughs> I got a memory like an elephant. <coughs> can you tell us a bit about what happened to you after you were rolled away by the Oompa Loompas? Well, they rolled me around the factory <coughs> and then they started to juice me. <coughs> What is that noise? Oh, it's just a, just a tech issue. Uh, please keep going. Anyway. I'm not going to speak. And we're back. I apologise to our listeners for my unexpected absence. I was having what we in the industry call an episode. I also apologise to our listeners for gagging so hard in that last interview. It was unprofessional to gag that hard. Guys? What? I just have a, like a, like an idea. It seemed that both of you weren't really up for hosting today and maybe in the future if you ever need someone to sub in, I feel like I've been contributing a fair bit and could maybe help with that. Millie? What you've just asked is an incredible overstep. You've just made an already bad day so much worse. I received some awful news, you see. I'm sorry, please go on. Let us in, Noah. Okay, okay. Well, I did a bit of Googling when I woke and it's official. My most fertile years are over. Oh. Ella, you don't need to be worrying about I'm that. I'm sorry if I brought that into the show. You know what? No, you're right. As young women, there is both this societal pressure to be a mother, but this feminist ideal that we don't need that to be whole. Betty Friedan once said that choosing motherhood makes motherhood itself a liberating choice. Absolutely. I mean, it's a war that rages in, in us and with no clear answer, all you can do is what's right for you. From the Candyman investigatory team to our listeners, we wish you a happy Mother's Day. As Frau Gloop would say, Sie sind alle unsere Kinder. We'll see you next week.
That was episode three of The Candyman. This six-part series was written, produced and performed by Big Big Big, a comedy group featuring Millie Holton, Ella Laurie and Maddie Savage. It was mixed by Alan McConnell and supported by the Yarra City Council. Our illustrations were made by Millie, our cover designed by Maddie and music and editing by Ella. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to know about our other projects, you can find us on social media at Big 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 Comedy. And if you enjoyed this episode, the absolute best way to support this series is to post about it on social media, leave a review and rate the episode on iTunes. Thanks again. We really appreciate your time. See you next week for episode four.